What's up, gang? This is Food Network star and culinary master of the Marvel Universe, Justin Warner, and you are listening to the podcast that's everything you ever wanted but never asked for. You know it. PSVG Prime. Now that that's out of the way, and where we dropping, boys? Welcome, one and all, to this week's episode of PSVG Prime, the flagship show of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. It is I, your host, Kevin, and with me is the nearest to my dearest, Mr. Lucas Rose. So near. So near to your dear. And I don't mean that as in, like, my wife, because that's creepy. I mean, like, actual deer, like Bambi. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, I could see myself just, like, having, like, four or five deer follow me around wherever I go. You'd make a good Disney princess because you could just talk to the animals. and That's true. I don't think anybody wants to hear me sing, though. Mm. 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 <gasps> nah, Wait, <I'm> <laughs> maybe those Patreon producers would love to hear you sing. So special Ooh. thank yous. And if you want to hear Lucas sing, please tweet at us uh, at Banana God. Right. Was that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> no, I talked about it, and then it never happened. <laughs> it never happened. Uh, but thank you, thank you for the support. Mike Massick, Barry Cathcart, Edwin Callow, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rude Days 93, Ben Moxham, Rob Emanuel, Nick Fahaber, Paul Calico, Kyle Heyman, Grouchy Surge, Chris M., Devin Tyus, and Josh the Bonesaw Borboni. Thank Ooh. you all for your support. And if you want to support us, head on over to psvg.blog. No, that's the website. You can do that, too. Or patreon.com slash PSVG. Either one will get you to that Patreon eventually. So you can help support the network and everything that we do here. Now, before we get to more funnies and and what we've been playing and all the gaming stuff and the non-gaming stuff that will come up, uh, I did tweet out last week that we had a big announcement to come um, during today's show. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get right into that. And it is... That this is the last PSVG Prime. Yeah. Uh, some life things happened, as it tends to do uh, to Lucas, I, and everybody we associate with, it seems like. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, to to give the abridged version of the story, um, it's not easy having a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a almost 6-year-old uh, in a three-bedroom house. So long story short, we had to kind of reconfigure uh, my house around uh, where people are. And as a product of that, I had to, well, I didn't have to, I gave up my recording space to do so to accommodate things in a better fashion. Uh, so mm-hmm. recording weekly is just not going to be possible because it would involve me having to basically kick my wife out of our bedroom for two hours or so to uh, have some giggles with Lucas. So we figured it's just easier to um, let it go if you will, um, and kind of just uh, let let that be the way it is. And uh, I'm not leaving the network, uh, and I don't think Lucas is leaving entirely either. We'll be involved with things nope. for sure. Um, I actually will be for Patreon supporters, so those of you who are, are in the right tier to get the DLC, I will be taking over uh, DLC for Donnie um, whenever possible. Um, so you'll still hear from me monthly, uh, and that'll just be easier for me to do because I can schedule it kind of whenever with that person or a couple people I'll need. Um, and then uh, what I'm going to do is try and 
uh, not try, I'm going to, um, do an audio version of my video game reviews that I'll be doing anyway still. Um, and we're going to release that on a separate feed, I believe, is what Donnie said he wanted to do. Um, so we'll have like a PSVG reviews feed. Um, well, I'll do that. We'll probably have Seth join in. And basically, we're going to open it to everybody. Uh, but I will be the regular contributor on there because, uh, as we all know, I review uh, way too many games. Um, so I'll just talk about them for a little bit and put them on tape because I can do that basically from anywhere. Just right to my phone if I need nice. to. That's cool. Uh, I like that idea. Yeah. So there's uh, no, no ill will, no got into a fight with somebody, no nothing like that. You know, nothing of that nature. It's just, it's just not feasible anymore. Um, and it's, it wasn't an easy decision. And, uh, you know, honestly, my family feels kind of bad about it. But I, I reassured them that uh, it's the right thing to do. And uh, this way, too, it will allow Lucas and I to actually just play games together. <laughs> more yeah. often hopefully as opposed to uh, uh talking about the games we wish we could have played and stuff like that too so uh it allowed me to be able to play more games and lucas to not have to stress so much about uh juggling prime and flux suppose and, and safe space and you know flux suppose radio and all kind of stuff and kind of just lighten the load a little bit so you know we're not going away uh you could just hear us in different places mm-hmm mm-hmm and uh basically i didn't tell lucas any of this beforehand i kind of just called him up and said hey it's over so, and he's like, okay, he no arguments. He didn't even ask why. He's just like, okay. I didn't. It's true. As, I mean, good things never last. Mm. So you always have to be prepared for the end. That's true. End game. This is the end game. This is the end game. Except for we're not going to split it into two parts. And No, no. This is, this is it, guys. You're not getting another. It, yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, shoot, I have another thing. I forgot what I was going to say now. Hmm. Oh, the inside joke of us always saying I quit whenever we couldn't schedule something or had to move the recording time to, or different day. <laughs> yes. We said, well, that's it. We'll just quit. Yeah, now is, we really are. So sorry, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll we'll talk more about this throughout the show and at the end of the show, of course. But uh, sure. just wanted to not bury the lead in because it does come up in the questions. Uh, I We told the staff um, prior to announcing it on the show, of course, so they all knew uh, that this was coming for a couple of days now. So, um, but yeah. That's that's kind of it. So um, we'll we'll transition to the show proper and, and get the uh, the mushy stuff out of the way and we'll have some funs and laughs, hopefully. Um, but Lucas, let's jump into what we've been playing now. Yeah. You don't have anything on the sheet. Did you not play anything <laughs> or are you um, ashamed to talk close. about what you played? Close. Both, actually. <laughs> uh, mostly just playing more NHL, unfortunately, okay. for all you people. And you don't want to hear that. I've, I actually have graduated into playing the online mode. Uh, the mm. six on six drop in games and, wow. and it's okay. You know, it took me a while. I will say this. It took me a while to get used to the speed of the game because it's faster and you have to deal with input lag and that type of thing. So having played offline mode for so long, it actually kind of, you have to retrain your brain as to when you can time your reactions and everything mm. uh, because it just, Everything is so instant when you when you're playing offline, but when you're online with everybody, then it you know adds that you know twenty millisecond delay or whatever, and yeah. that's just enough. When you're trying to poke check someone mm-hmm. or or whatever, you know that's just, just miss and hit the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. Trip everybody. I, I jokingly call the poke check button the the penalty button because pretty more much often than not, you just get one. Yeah, such crap. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, don't be if you don't want to hear me swear, then don't be around me when I'm playing this game, because my goodness, it is very frustrating. But at the same time, it's fun. So, you know, the the online mode is is it's basically 
my version of smash like jason has smash yeah. he'll always go to smash i'll always go to hockey where when available hmm. uh and that's kind of what i default to and so it's addictive to me in that way so um other than that you know playing the the phone games saying is what say is potion it? potion explosion and sangria uh sagrada <laughs> Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might be playing Sangria, but that's a totally different game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so other than that, you know, those are fun. But man, you get enough games going. And after a while, you kind of forget like, OK, which one is this one? Like, what are the things you got to like look in and see? OK, this was the one where I needed like five red orbs as opposed to the other ones that are more evenly split or whatever. Yeah, and I think I have like I'm, six games going right now for <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Um and it's it's fun, you know? It's a little frustrating cuz I I saw um Kyle said he wasn't always getting the notifications. notifications. Yeah. And I've realized that I've also had that problem. Like at first it was fine, but every once in a while depending on how long my phone's been on or something, it'll not, I'll, I'll open it back up and say it'll see, "Oh, three games, it's my turn." Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, oh boy, okay. So I got to check this more often. But uh, it, it feels good to get back into some mm. board gaming. And I actually kind of want to look into more of those games because uh, it's just a really accessible way to play games that honestly would probably be a little bit daunting to try to learn in real life. But since the game, like the AI kind of takes care of all the rules and everything, yep. you can e- easily learn so much faster. Um, in the tutorial, you know, you can actually have a tutorial that plays itself out and helps you learn as opposed to you having to worry about reading. Uh, learning from someone else or reading. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I learn by doing. That's the best way I, I can I can figure something out. So, uh, I mean, it took me a long time to figure out Potion Explosion. I think I've got it now. Yeah, but you seem to get it now, yeah. I was just getting like one orb at a time and you're supposed to be getting at least like three or something Hopefully. like that. Yeah. And then chaining all your potions together and whatnot to, to fill out uh, your, your, your points, your score, get some points on the board. So depending on how that all goes, you know, it, it still has that sort of randomness factor, but hmm. uh, you know, I think I got that figured out a little bit. So I feel more competitive because I'm not going to lie at first. I was like, I don't know if I like this game. Like I like the idea of the game, but I yeah. suck at it. So I'm not sure how much I'm going to play this, but I I did the tutorial, which you can't do while you're in other games. Like, Oh really? You, oh. Yeah. I don't think so anyway. Cause it closed hmm. it when I was in the middle of it before. Um, so yeah, other than that, lots of Minecraft. It's just so much Minecraft. I'm actually like, Remember, I think on this show, I said, I don't think I would ever play Minecraft. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure no, you did. Because no <laughs> I said I've never played it. Yeah. So, like, we are just eyeballs deep into this, to, into the lore of Minecraft. Um, so I've, I'm playing survival mode by myself and my son will watch. Uh, he'll also play, but he likes to play creative mode. And yeah. I find no challenge in that. So it's no. not very fun to me. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, mess around with him and like, Oh, let's go get the ender dragon. But you know, there's no difficulty to it. Uh, so when I play, I'll play survival mode. And the funny thing is because he wants to play or wants to watch Minecraft. If he's not playing it, we found this uh, YouTuber called Phineas rage who uh, does Minecraft videos. 
And he has learned a lot about the game that he can tell me Mm. like certain, like what I need or what this does. Like I didn't, for instance, I didn't know iron doors. If you make an iron door, you can't just open it. You have, it has to be set up with a switch. And I didn't know that. And he was like, dad, you need a switch if you're going to use iron doors. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I try using levers and it, it works, but then when you go outside, the door automatically closes or you can't have it or no, it won't close. So you don't want your house to just be open to anybody. So I'm like, do I just put another switch out here? That seems weird. So we settled on um, some uh, pressure, pressure switches. So I don't have to like right click on something and, and open the door, then walk Mm. through, then right click on another thing. Uh, but little things like that. And and I've just been impressed with how much he's picked up on that because it kind of sometimes feels like he's just mindlessly watching something, but he's mm-hmm. absorbing information. And hopefully that happens at school too with all these Zoom yeah. meetings and, and videos that he has to watch. But honestly, I'm having fun with it, surprisingly. Uh, I really yeah. actually like it a lot. And uh, now I kind of get it. You know, I get why people play it. Uh, it's kind of like a light version of any of the other survival games that I've already played, like seven days to die or yeah. uh, rust or anything like that. So uh, yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that'll pretty much be my future for the next few weeks. Yeah. Hopefully, like you said, uh, maybe I'll have a little bit of extra time. I'm trying to fit in that final fantasy eight gameplay as yeah. well. So. Yeah. yeah. We gotta Which, get back to uh, gloomhaven. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I know. I, I said we need like two more Saturdays a weekend mm-hmm. so that we can do everything that we want to do because it's just so happened like something will come up for both of us. It seems like yeah, uh, yeah. here and there. So and you you should that, have oh. Potion Explosion too, like on Steam. I do. Yes, okay. we played it so. once and I was terrible, but I would play it now. Mm, like, it, it, it is nice to do back and forth at your leisure but definitely yeah it's easier it's definitely easier yeah if you have a group together and you're just playing it on the pc like together then it's fine but yeah i would never do like what we do on the phone it's really convenient because you're just like oh let me hop in for you know right now two minutes let me just play all my games and leave it for a couple hours it's no big deal you know yeah exactly except for everybody's waiting on you no i'm just kidding <laughs> only the people with no that- lives that's true me no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you get that streak yeah, every once in a while. You're playing games like back and forth, like right away. And you're like, man, Josh isn't doing any work, but he's at work. <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> he's playing a lot of uh, games on his phone, but I know he's at work. So mm. he must be hiding in a broom closet. Let us know, Josh, if you're hiding. Yeah, like right now, phone. as you're listening, Josh, are you in a broom closet? <laughs> That'd be funny. <sighs> he hides um, from responsibility. Yeah, but yeah, we're playing a ton of Potion Explosion. If you want to jump in on that, anybody, just top in the Discord. Like, there's like what five of us playing? Me, you, Josh, yeah. Kyle, Winter Gamer. So there's five, yeah, five of us playing right now. So, and they're pretty cheap, surprisingly. Like some of them are only like four or five bucks. Yeah. I think Sagrada was like seven, but still, like that's surprisingly cheap, especially if you go off board game prices. So, oh god, yeah, like Potion Explosion was a, I want to say it was like a seventy-five dollar game originally. I got it on sale. Oh. Like, so I have the physical version of it, and you're right. Like, that's it's it's super fun, but it, and not that it's daunting to set up, but it's a pain in the butt because you actually have marbles, marbles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you have the, you have to build the ramp, and you know it's kind of like wobbly a little bit, like you know after after age and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's a ton of fun to play and actually see the mechanics work in real life. But yeah, you're right. It's like 
the, the app is so much easier and it's five dollars and i think the expansion's like two or something like that for the the uh the oh, ghost wow. element that gets added in if you buy that so um Spooky. yeah that's cool um nice. so for me i have two games that i'm reviewing right now um because you know i have all the time in the world the first one I'm going to talk about is called Curse of the Dead Gods. Now, this one came to the game review staff where they were just kind of like, hey, we have an opportunity to get this code. Anybody interested in it? And whenever I see those messages, I kind of just Google it and watch a video like real quick to see yeah. if it's something I'd be into before I dare say anything. Um, <laughs> and I did because I got these weird vibes from it. And I was like, this seems like this might be kind of good. Uh, guess hmm. what, Lucas? This yeah. is just like Hades, kind of. Really? Yeah. Um, art style that was is fast. Yeah, art style is very, very similar to Hades. Um, it is a roguelike dungeon thing. Like it's just a loop. Um, in this one, what it is is you're basically there's no story to it. So I will give it that. Like Hades has a story. Mm. The characters are very memorable. This doesn't have that element, but gameplay wise, this feels just like Hades. Um, it's a focus home interactive game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always like that. They're always like that B level game. Yeah. With them. But uh, sometimes they are good, yeah. So I've only played it like two hours, I think. So I haven't spent that much time with it because of the other game I'm okay. talking about instead. But you're basically in a tomb and you're going through loops in this tomb to try and get as much treasure to upgrade and buy new weapons and better armor and better perks and stuff like that. Just like, you know, how Hades works. It's just that loop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it plays very similar. Um, as you go through um, the tomb, you get more and more cursed and that's kind of how you air quotes die um so you can only go so far into the tomb before you're pushed back out because you got too cursed um to go back but yeah it's just that that gameplay loop and it feels very similar but just different enough that it stands as its own game but the first thing i thought of was like oh this is like hades like it played is very quick fast paced the variety of weapons actually it has more weapons than hades does uh, i think by far uh because you don't really have those god powers there are some mm-hmm. elemental stuff at play, like you can have like fire, a flaming sword and stuff like that versus just a regular sword. Um, oh, okay. But you have whips, you have shields you can throw, you have boomerangs, stuff like that. And it's, it's a very big uh, tree of unlocking um, abilities as you go. So like Hades, you go and you just unlock more weapons. You upgrade the power of the, of the gods. and That was it. This has more like three separate skill trees. One is around your weapons. One is around your character. One is around things that happen in the tomb, I believe. Um, like, oh, mm-hmm. you get more gold per run. You get more experience per run, things like that. Oh. And and as you die, you go back and you're <laughs> able to upgrade those certain things and make your run again. It's just that kind of loop over and over again. Um, so, yeah, I can't really say too much definitively about it, but like initial impressions like, oh, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And it's reviewing pretty well. Well, I believe um, because I sent Donnie a message when I got it and told him that it was added to our our library. Um, And he was like, oh, I told him it's like Hades. He goes, oh, that's that that rules me out right away. Um, (laughs) But he said like the next day he messaged me again. He goes, oh, wow, this game is reviewing really well. Um, Let's see. I'm PC 82. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah. And that's not Steam. That's that's the Metacritic score. IGN gave it a 90. Um, IGN France gave it an 80. Um, so I mean, there, there's people out there that like it. Um, so yeah, it's cool. So if you, if you liked Hades, but you're not necessarily looking for something exactly like it, uh, this is different enough to stand on its own, but it does have that familiar feel. It's that kind of roguelike, if that makes sense. Cause there, there are different, you hear that roguelike and everyone thinks, you know, they have that mental picture like, oh, but this is mm-hmm. more like how Hades was different. This feels different as well. So it's in that same vein, but not exactly a rip off of Hades directly. 
kind of sounds like a mix between Hades and Diablo or something like that with the skill that's, trees. And that's stuff. pretty, yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's that's a good analogy there. I, I could get down with that. Yeah, I mean, I could get down with Hades too, and I still haven't done that. So you really should. Hades is excellent. Um, I know. I the know. other I game. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, the other game I'm playing, I'm very excited about this one. Is Littlewood? Do you know anything about this one? I have a little wood, uh, but no, I don't know about the game. Right, right now, you do. You have a little wood. It's not that little right now. Oh, uh, I am not familiar with this game. <laughs> um, okay, so little wood. Uh, when you look at like screenshots of little wood, it looks very similar to like Stardew Valley. Yes, um, that's and exactly that's, what I was thinking. Sure, and it, it kind of is similar. It's a weird. Um, Stardew Valley like game, but it takes place uh, basically after an RPG. So you had this big <laughs> evil wizard who took over the land. You were the hero who came. You defeated the wizard. You wake up three days later, and that's where this game is. Uh, you lost your memory. The entire like land is has been like there's nothing there anymore. And you are greeted by your friend who you know who knows you. You know, say, hey, you finally woke up after three days. You have no memory of anything. Were you the hero? Yes. Okay. And you are basically now rebuilding the world. So you're building the houses. You're getting more people to come to town. You're building the town. You eventually oh. become mayor. Um, and it, so it's kind of like a city uh, yes. simulator. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little mm. bit like um, so like the 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 analogies for what types of games it is. It's Stardew Valley in the in the respects of uh, you mine for resources, like you chop trees, you mine ore, um, you fish, you gather fruit, you plant things like that. That's there. Um, mm-hmm. It's like Animal Crossing in the sense of not necessarily this new one because you're not the mayor, but that last one where you were the mayor in New Leaf um, mm-hmm. and you made all the decisions. What were, what was going to happen in your town? You have that control over it. Uh, over your town as you build it and then happy home designer um, which was the other <laughs> animal crossing spinoff where you decorated everything because it's not mm. just oh you build jason's house you actually go inside and you can actually build the things inside the house so you can give them a certain type of bed you can give them a work desk you can give them an alchemy kit if you wants that kind of thing so there's that aspect too do they have like if you if you know the npc do they say like hey i'm a blacksmith and i need these things yes and- yep Okay. Yeah, like they'll say it like you, you, the first guy that comes to town uh, wants to open a store. So he's like the merchant. So you you build a store. He runs the store for you. Um, then there's like a different guy. The, the town also has already pre-built um, a lumber mill and a um, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's where you refine the rock into bricks. So not like a blacksmith, oh, but that's just a masonry. Yeah, it's like that. I forget masonry. what they call it, but yeah, that makes yeah that makes sense. Um, where you can do those resources, but then as more people come to town, you unlock different things. So there's an old gentleman who comes by later on, and he kind of unlocks the ability for you to start farming things. Um, there's a mysterious like um, almost like a bird kind of person, uh, and he's a great chef. So you open it, you build a tavern for him to build that, and then you open that mechanic in game where you can cook and make recipes. Uh, I have is, a witch right now who jerk? moved into town. A little bit, a little bit. Why are bird people always jerks? I don't get that. That's true. That's a good point. What's I don't, the deal uh, with birds? What's, <laughs> what's the deal with birds? Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool, and like you can travel to other places eventually. So you start off with just like the small map that's yours, and that's where you build everything. Um, and eventually you're like oh shoot there's no more trees for me to chop down there's no more rocks for me to mine like (laughs) weeds and fish and bugs will always come back but the other stuff takes a lot longer Uh, so you eventually open a like a hot air balloon 
place and that's how you travel to other locations and like one oh, location nice. is the enchanted forest and guess what there's all wood so you can mine tons of wood uh then there's a cavern which has the rocks and then i forget what the third one is there's one other place i have available right now but you unlock more as you play the game more as well um See, it's just a really weird twist. It's a very chill game. Um, there's no real way to die uh, or lose. It's just, it's like Stardew in that sense. Like you just play and you progress as fast as you want to progress. Like you level up all your different skills, like tree cutting, mining, you know, cooking, fishing, bug catching. Like those are all skills you can level up and get rewards um, mm-hmm. as you build these different places, the taverns, the 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 lumber mill and that stuff you can upgrade them so that they're more um, proficient what they do and you also get perks for leveling them up to higher star levels by donating resources like oh i you know you need 20 bricks to upgrade the lumber mill okay you get the 20 bricks you donate it um things like that so it's it's a really really cool game if you're into games like stardew uh and things like that where it's like there's not necessarily a goal um, but there is like you, you get guidance, you have tasks you can do, but nothing's pushing you to absolutely have to do them. You can take it at your own pace. And as you get more villagers into town and you build relationships with those villagers as well by taking them with you. Um, so it's, it's, it's a weird dynamic. So you can, any of the NPCs, you can talk to them. You can compliment them, which builds a better relationship with them. And <laughs> hey, always, they always kind of have some funny like uh, remarks back to you. Like if you compliment the old man, like all of a sudden these hearts come, he goes, oh, gosh, I did trim my mustache today. Things like that. You know? <laughs> like you're not really romancing <laughs> them, but you're complimenting them. Yeah. Right. Um, but you can also hang out with them. And if you hang out with them, they follow you around wherever you go. So if you chopping down trees, they'll be right there with you. You go to one of the other places, they'll go with you. But as you take them with you, uh, you actually gain more resources and you build a better relationship with them while taking them. Um, hmm. And that will unlock different story beats. So they'll talk a little bit about the past and kind of get you to try and remember what happened to you. Um, oh, I see. So there is some sort of story there that they're kind of pushing you to find out. But like you, all you know is that you know nothing. But there was like these little nuances. Like, should we tell them about that? And the person's like, no, don't do that. Like, she's like, well, what the hell happened then? Like, you know, so. Yeah. Now you want to find out. Exactly. So it's it's a really cool game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm about five, six hours into it. Um, I'm in like. 15 days in game time uh, in there. It's much like Stardew. Like once you exhaust yourself, you have to go to sleep and you wake up. It's the mm. next day. There are mm-hmm. seasons in place. It says spring right now. So I know that'll come up in that dynamic will obviously change something. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. And uh, one of the funny notes I thought, so it's available on steam uh, and it just came to Nintendo switch. Um, so the developer that put in, I believe it's a small team. It might even be a one man team. I'm not sure, but it's a very small uh, developer group. And you know, they sent the game in for Nintendo and Nintendo approved it. They asked for an icon. You know, and they word it just like that because it's Nintendo. They don't make anything clear. So he sent them an in-game icon that's used in the thing. He's like, I don't know why they need that. Well, Nintendo uses that to make the icon on the Switch when you buy the game. So instead of being like cover art, it's a very pixelated carrot (laughs) as the icon (laughs) on the Switch. And he went to Twitter and he even said, he goes, sorry, everyone. I didn't understand what they needed an icon for. In the next update, this will be changed. This they show what the new tab was. So, of course, the Internet being the Internet is like, we will never forget the pixelated carrot. You know? Yeah. They, but, people don't want the pixelated carrot to change. They think it should be that way forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he has a good he has a good spirit. But, yeah, it seems like it's another like a uh, sleeper hit game like like Stardew. I don't know, like if you can just keep playing it over and over again, like it seems like in my head there would be some sort of end game. Like once you 
build everything and i mean you could still mm-hmm. decorate and, and crop but like once the story's done i don't know if it keeps going um but yeah. in my head i'm like this is a very much like stardew experience where i'm having a lot of fun with it i don't know if it'll go on as long as stardew does and still continues to get updates but it is a very cool game so i, I recommend that if you're into those types of games for sure yeah it looks really cool hmm. very cute yes thank you oh oh the game sorry yeah. um yeah awkward all right, everyone, that's it for what we've been playing. It's time to jump into the messages. So let's check them out for the last time. It's time to check out the messages. Message for you, sir. First one comes in from Paul Calico, who took the call with numerous questions. I, I omitted one here where he asked uh, specifically about the first question, had a game which I never played. It was on PS2, and I imagine you never mm. played if it was on PS2. But Paul so. Calico asks, <clears throat> did y'all like Beast Wars? Do you think we'll ever get another good Transformers game? Um, I was a little <clears throat> too old for Beast Wars, I think, at the time. Um, I was a, a, a OG Transformers fan, uh, and I still mm-hmm. am today. Like, I love Transformers. Um, so I did watch Beast Wars, but I always thought it was a little bit weird. Um, just the fact they were animals instead of cars. Not that cars make sense either for robots, but it just made more sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do remember because a very early uh, CGI TV show, like one of the first, like yes, had Beast yes. Wars, you had Reboot was the other Reboot. one, like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, where I was like, mm, you see those graphics now and you're like, this doesn't look great. But yeah, yeah. I, I watched it. It was OK. Um, it's just always a little bit weird to me. I did like that Megatron was a, a T-Rex, I believe, which also yeah. didn't make sense because the T-Rexes yeah. weren't around. If they have to see what they transform into like the first time, where did Megatron find a T-Rex? Or yeah. was he there like centuries before? I don't know. I think he might have found a fossil, but okay. then maybe he should have turned into a bone, <laughs> like a, like a, a dry bone. like a dry Koopa, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dry Bowser. Yeah, dry T Rex. Hmm. It's very dry in here. <laughs> a little bit um, Yeah, uh, this was actually my first Transformers. Honestly, uh, it was Ooh. it was on right at the time that I got home from school, I believe. So I I think I might have watched this entire show, Ooh. Uh, to be honest with you, over the course of however long it was running, uh, because I remember it. I think it actually wrapped up one of those rare shows. Yeah, I thought it did too. An ending. Mm. Um, and I, I liked it, but I also wasn't as familiar with the original Transformers. I mean, I knew them, but I didn't have any nostalgia for it or anything. I think the problem, like, obviously, I didn't think about it then. But now I think it is weird because they're turning into organic things and yet they're machines. Yeah. So that's like if they can turn into animals, why couldn't they just turn into people? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that would just be weird. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I liked it actually. I liked it a lot. I considered going back and watching it, but it's it's rough. <laughs> the animation is it's like a PS1 cutscene at this point. Yeah, it went on like FMV. <laughs> it's true. It went on for three years, uh three seasons over the course of four years. Nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety nine is when it ended. So yeah, I was in high school when this came out. Um because I graduated in nineteen ninety nine. Um fifty two episodes it looks like. Um, and ironically enough on IMDb, it has an 8.1 out of 10. Wow. I find that weird with 7,000 reviews. (laughs) So at least 7,000 people watched it. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they it were was Maximals good, and Predacons. I forgot about that. They didn't call them. Uh, they weren't Autobots and Decepticons. Except, Maximals yeah. and Predacons. Uh, I want to. I'm going to look up the game really quick. I just want to see. Uh, yeah. Of course. PS2. PS2. Yeah. Or P- yeah. Was it PS2? PS2. Uh, I think it was PS1 actually. No, in 99 should be PS2. It comes up as PS1. Really? East Wars Transformers. It's third person shooter. Yep. Came out in 1997. Oh, yeah. PlayStation and Windows. <laughs> Windows. Yikes. Uh, no, I don't think I did play this game, actually. Yeah, Beast Wars PS1 review. So, yeah, I definitely didn't play it then if it was on PS1. Um, I wasn't in that, that landscape at all. Um, but do we ever think we'll get another good Transformers game? So, I, I don't know. So, that what was it. Devastation was that last one. That one wasn't great. Um, it was okay. Like, it was very faithful to the the sounds and everything of, like, the original cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. But was it that War for Cybertron and Battle for Cybertron? Those were good. Um but I don't know. I feel like we. I feel like we have to, because in my head, there's certain franchises that will always either be around or be constantly revamped and brought back. That Transformers yeah. would be one of those. Um, boys like robots. Boys like guns. They'll always bring back Transformers. Like it just makes sense to me. Like there's always that robotic fighting thing, and they change. That's so really cool. Um, See, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to hope that they'd be another good video game, but it's tough because. With this franchise, they typically don't always hand it over to top tier studios. Like you're never gonna get like a Naughty Dog Transformers, or even like right. a Gearbox Transformers, something like that. Like where they could probably do a good game, but they're not gonna touch those those licenses. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure, but I would love to. Uh, much like I'd love to have another good Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game as well, because uh, those will never really die either. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I actually I liked Devastation more than I thought I would, just mm. considering. Like again, not really having as much familiarity with the original Transformers. Um, it, it's tough because I feel like you're kind of boxed in. Like you know, people want to be creative and and do their own thing, but when you pick up a license, you gotta. There's certain expectations there. Um, so I think it'll be a while. It probably yeah. is. Ha- it'll probably have to coincide with like some. Transformers reboot or something. Or yeah, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Um, so he follows us up with another Transformers question. Which group would you be in? So you hashtag um, Team Truck Prime or Team Gorilla Prime? Mm. See, I'm going to pick Gorilla Prime just because I'm more familiar with him. Yeah. And that's because he actually was like, I remember he used to have like little chats with all of his, his group members. Cause he didn't have that many uh, on the planet. There was like the rat yeah. guy, the cheetah guy probably named Cheetor or something ridiculous. Uh, the the rat guy was rat trap. I remember that. Yeah. Rat trap. And he had, of course he had a, the stereotypical rat sounding voice. Um, and I think that's it. Let's see. It was, oh, no, no. I do remember being small. The, the one, Velo- the uh, Velociraptor guy, uh, defected, and they never were sure if he was actually. Oh, that's right! Their, I remember that on their side. Let's see if we can find the list of characters. So, all right, the Maximals were. Oops, this website loads. So, Optimus Primal. Yep. Uh, Rhinox, who's the rhinoceros? Rhinox. Yeah. Rat Trap, which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Cheetor. <laughs> it is Cheetor. It yes. is Cheetor. Dinobot, who is a former Predacon. So that's the one that was back and forth. Uh, okay. 
Terrible he be- name. He was betrayed by Megatron. Dinobot joined the Maximals, becoming an asset to their team. Uh, Dinobot often fought with Rat Trap, who he kept calling him Vermin all the time. But Dinobot honorably sacrificed himself to protect the evolving human race from the Predacons. Yeah, dude, he was he was a hero, um, un unlikely hero actually. Uh, then, like, I think those were the main ones, and I feel like these other ones came after Tigatron, Air Razor, who's the only female Maximal. Yeah, I don't remember these ones. Um, Tiger Hawk, Silver Bolt. Silver <laughs> they were Bolt. like Silver this Bolt. Is catch- is a fusor which is a hybrid of a wolf and a golden eagle oh that's right they had the fuse that the fusion ones they had uh, the bad guys had a scorpion i think um and that may have been a <laughs> black ranchula <laughs> black aranchina something like that oh, another <laughs> former predacon turned maximal it's silverbolt's love interest <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> what? And then there was Depth Charge, the only aquatic member of the Maximals. Well, okay, so people were shipping, obviously, on this hard. They're like, oh, I hope the, what were the names? What was the silver something? And, silver Bolt and Black, and Black Arachia. No, I don't know. It's a very weird name. Uh, and then you had Megatron, Scorponok, Tarantulas. The bee was annoying, the Hornet or whatever. The Waspinator. Yeah, he was so annoying. Uh, Terrasaur, Inferno, Quick Strike, Rampage. And so many more. Dang. Yeah, they must have been later seasons. I remember the two. Like there was, it was like four versus four or five versus five at the beginning. That was yeah. it. Like, there weren't. It wasn't like Transformers the original where you had like 30, 40 characters to keep track of. But it was it was team deathmatch and five v five. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Capture the flag. And then the last question is: Did you watch Transformers Prime? I'm assuming that's the new. Is that the Netflix show? I believe so. I haven't watched it, and I should. Um, And then he just follows it up with Prime, Prime, Primey, Prime, Prime. Prime, Prime, Primey, Prime, Prime. Uh, I actually, I watched a little bit of this. If it is the the newest one. I'm checking right Um, now. No, this says it came out in 2010. Yeah, 2010 and 2013. 65 episodes. So this was the, the reboot, I think. Like the original reboot. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I haven't live on Earth to maintain their secret identity. They're joined by three teens as they battle the Decepticons. That sounds like a. a oh, isn't the the new one is War for Cyber? Like, is something? Oh, it is Cybertron. Something for Cybertron, isn't it? Yeah, or just Transformers Cybertron Cyberverse, maybe. Let's see, uh, so many Cybers and Trons and yeah, War for Cybertron Siege. <laughs> is what it's Just, called. Like, they have to add more words in to make sure it makes sense, I guess. I don't know. And then, like, the first story that comes up is Netflix is to reimagine Transformers and My Little Pony for two animated series. So even though Netflix already has one, they're going to do a different one. They basically own Transformers at this point. Tr- the steamer will roll out Transformers Bot Bots. Bot Bots. 20 episode animated comedy. What? Hmm. Uh, Must be for kids. Uh, yep. BotBots follows the mischievous little robots, otherwise known as BotBots, based on Hasbro's popular toy line of the same name. I've never heard that. They disguise <laughs> themselves as everyday mall objects. Ugh. They hide quietly in store shelves, but at night they jump into adventures until a group of BotBots called the Lost Bots run into a mall security god guard and put the bots in danger. So this is a cross between Toy Story and Transformers. <laughs> I, I think they're like mini... That's what it sounds like. Yeah, they're like smaller items. 
Yeah, they're like the minifigs almost. And My Little Pony uh, will be the G5 series. I don't know. Oh, man. CGI film. I think they, they're they like everyday items, like you said, but it looks like they actually do transform, even though they're tiny, because I'm seeing hinges on them and stuff. Transformers. I'm bots, trying to figure out. Bots. I'm trying to figure out. This guy's showing all of them, but he's not showing them transform. Oh, they do transform. Okay. He didn't he didn't show how one transforms, but he showed them all. Oh, these all are kind of cute. I see a little donut. And a football. Yeah, they're about they're like almost smaller than an inch. They're like an inch. That's about it. Yeah. So basically, you're going to lose these and step on them. Sugar Shocks 5 pack is $30 at Walmart. No. Stop it. These no. look like um Lucas, I might be into these. These look like uh, the McDonald's toys that turned into the robots. Remember those Happy Meal toys? They had like the cheeseburger that would transform into a robot and the milkshake. Oh, I don't remember those. Oh, look look at those things up. Uh, I forget what they're called. McDonald's. Tangent, everybody. Sorry. Transformer food toys. Well, they, I don't think you want to put Transformers, but McDonald's robots, maybe. Uh, no, that doesn't come with a thing. 1987 vintage McDonald's. Changeables. Changeables, are they? Changeables. Robots. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. This is it. Where they're all the different foods. You get like a chicken nuggets box, and it would turn into like a pterodactyl or something. Um, not <laughs> the nineteen awesome. ninety, not the nineteen ninety three ones, because those ones looked like food. Like they were nothing to do with it. But they're like all these little ones where they are Big Mac, and you open it up, and it like turn into a robot. These look just like it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They do actually. I see them now. There's a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah. I see the pterodactyl and the. Like dragon chicken McNuggets or something. Yeah, they did a bunch of times. So 1987, 1989, 1990 is when they did the dinosaur ones. Um, they were always regular things until then. <laughs> and then they did a 40th anniversary in 2019, which I didn't know about that. But yeah. Oh. Anyway, sorry, everyone. Uh, that was my childhood right there. But my daughter might might be having to get some of these bot bots. I don't know. Right. And you learn something every day. We do. We do. Fun isn't over, everybody. Um, so next question. Thank you, Paul Calico, by the way, for the Transformers questions. Uh, Delvin has the next one. So he says, if you could give one game that completely flopped a redo, what game would it be and what would you change about it, Lucas? Oof. I mean, the first one that comes to mind, and it might be a, it might be an easy one, but probably Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm. Because I, when I played that, I actually kind of liked the systems that were going on, like the idea that you'd go to these planets and kind of help them establish outposts and, and that type of thing. I was fine with that. Uh, you know, I was okay with not having such a deep character story and having the story more focus on just your character, whatever. Um, we don't need another story about becoming a uh, specter mm-hmm. that's already been done, you know? So yeah. I kind of, I kind of liked the idea, but you know, it, it, they took it out of the oven too early or something Yeah. with all the animation problems and the bugs and people just didn't really like it. I don't know there. It, it definitely needed to be retooled. And obviously starting at the, the way that the characters were designed. Yep. I mean, that's the, that's one of the first things Bioware, Bioware fans are going to look at is like mm-hmm. the characters. What do they look like? which one can I identify with or, or, you know, romance or whatever. <laughs> that's, what, yeah, that's what really they ask. Somehow 
with all of our advances in technology since the third one, they ended up looking worse than any of the Mass Effect people since the first game. Um, so, yeah, like maybe the gameplay doesn't need to be super tweaked, but some of those other systems and and uh, elements of the visual side of things definitely needed some work. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, the easy answer right now is Anthem, um, which has now been <laughs> Everything scrapped. Everything about it. But it's true. Like, Anthem was fun to play. There just wasn't anything there. Like mechanics wise, it was good. It just there wasn't anything there because they wanted to focus on uh, games as a service. Uh, I listened to last week's um, Xbox Empire and Elaine and Donnie were talking about it too. Like the game was really fun to play, but there wasn't anything there. If they made a single player narrative game of that, it would have been a mm-hmm. thousand times better. But they were focused on this weird, you know, we want to be destiny kind of thing, and it just didn't work. Um, so I'm not going to go with that answer. I'm going to pick a different one here. Actually, almost twofold is uh, on the 3DS as that was getting ready to die. We got that Hey Pikmin game, which was mm. bad because it wasn't a traditional Pikmin game. Um, and then Chibi Robo Ziplash. So I'm going back. I love the original Chibi Robo game that we got on Nintendo GameCube. Uh, ever since mm-hmm. then, they have never done that game justice. And it's not, and I'm not saying it deserves it because it is a cult um fan favorite type game it's not a, a major you know market success but mm-hmm. every follow-up game they did and there's been two if not three one was a walmart exclusive how did that happen but it but it was it was and i never even played it but it was all about taking photos and stuff like that it didn't make any sense for the game mm-hmm. and then we got ziplash on the 3ds <laughs> which was a fun platformer game but it didn't have anything to do with chibi robo like the chibi robo was a 3d world like exploration game like every fault game they did afterwards had nothing to do with that. It wasn't even the same style of game. So at least with like Mass Effect, it's like, all right, so yeah, the story writing and and you know some of the mechanics didn't work out as well. But at its core, like you recognize that this is a Mass Effect type game. You play a Dragon Age game, you know how Dragon Age plays. This right. none of the other follow-up games played anything like the original, which just made no sense. Um, so I'd want them to go back and give me like a, a sequel or, or even just a remaster of the original game, really. But uh, that I think should have been done versus why for some reason they started just using them for anything. Kind of like um, kind of like what Nintendo does with Kirby. Yeah, they have an idea and concept, so they make it a Kirby game and then they actually transfer it to something else later on. So like you had mm-hmm. that yarn, Kirby's Epic Yarn, and then it followed up with the much better Yoshi's Woolly World. And then yeah. this crafting world, like they took that mechanic and they had that claymation uh, Kirby game too, and like they they seemed to like test mechanics out with Kirby, um, and they were doing that with like Chibi Robo for some reason, and it just never ever worked. Well, they even had that Kirby Golf game, yeah, and then the Kirby uh, Epic Battles more recently, or whatever yep. it was called, yeah, yeah. And you don't blink an eye there because it's already expected and kind of makes sense for somebody who turns into whatever that they absorb, but. Yeah, I could see that being frustrating. Yeah. So that'd be my picks there. Um, there you go. Josh has our, you know, typical, completely <laughs> unrelated question coming in. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, what's the strangest place you have pooped or peed and why? And also, how old are you? Oh, uh, you know, it's that's that's tough because every time I go to the bathroom, the last thing I think about is like, I should remember this, you know? <laughs> so. I, I don't think there's anything like super strange, meaning like, oh, I shouldn't have pooped there, like out in the woods in front of everybody or not in front of everybody, but like in a <laughs> campground or something. Well, there was this show, you see, and <laughs> we were charging people five dollars a ticket. <laughs> no, uh, they they were there for free. Um, 
But when I used to be a security guard back in the day, um, we, uh, we sometimes uh, we we were in charge of guarding the Wolverine shoe uh, offices, and also they had a tannery in the the nearby town. Right. And at at that tannery, uh, they also had a water treatment plant, and we were stationed at a guard shack behind their store that led to this tannery and water treatment plant. And the problem with the guard shack is it was hastily built and they didn't go, Hey, for the people who are like there overnight, where are they going to go to the bathroom? So at night, nobody's there. And if you have to go to the bathroom, you have to go into this gross water treatment plant that looks like it's been run down for who knows how long, like like resident evil. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. For I mean, it looks like it looked like an actual set from a movie because uh-huh. it like the pavement is always wet and there's just like green sludge on things and you're just like, what what is going on here? So you go into this nasty building and you shit of right course in the tank. Yes, exactly. It's a water treatment plant. What? It's fine. Um, and so they had this just gross bathroom because I'm pretty sure like four dudes worked there so of course they don't care yeah um and yeah like it's so eerie because you're the only one in this giant like building that it's very industrial so it was also kind of spooky and creepy but at the same time gross and just not fun so i'd go to work and like not drink anything yeah not try not to eat much so i don't have to go to the bathroom while i'm there because it's just so just so awful and gross i mean at least if you had so. to pee it's not that bad but if you had to go to number two that's gotta that had to have been awful like yeah yeah i didn't i'd had to sit on that seat which who knows what's happened on that seat so Ugh. um so for me yeah i'm not very i don't have any great stories about bodily functions to be honest um so i mean the strangest place would have been at josh's house a couple of years ago I'm just kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> His yeah, bathroom is weird. This is, this is just Josh's house is a strange place now. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I'm trying to think about any scenarios in any like former job if something came up. Oh, well, all right. This is going to be in the creepy factor too, but not disgusting creepy kind of like yours was. Um, to a long, long, long time ago, uh, my first job was working for CVS uh, Pharmacy. And I mean, I worked mm. there for like eight years. Like it was my high school job oh, up wow. until I graduated college. So I just like went all the whole way there. Yeah. Um, and my store that I worked in, um, eventually uh, there was an eye party. I don't know if you guys had those out there. Uh, it was like a party store. You get the balloons and like decorations for every, ho- every holidays. It comes up. Halloween's a huge thing. So it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, and then next to that was like uh, Papa Gino's. Eventually everything kind of closed up. Uh, Papa Gino's closed first um, and CVS owned the property that it was in. So it was like a strip, not a strip mall, but it was kind of, there was a couple stores together. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when Papa Gino's closed, uh, CVS boarded it up instead of renting out to something else. And they built on the other side of the, the so it was like CVS, our 24 hour pharmacy, the party store, and then empty space that you couldn't see. There's just like one nondescript door at the front that was like covered. It was like a window. Like it was open the metal doorknob, go in. But oh. in our store, in the back, if you went through the electrical closet, there was another door and you actually had a path to go into that area. What CVS eventually did was build a fake store inside of there. And this was used strictly for the purpose of filming commercials. 
okay. or, tra- and, or, or training videos, both, which the, there yeah. wasn't a lot of training. So there, it was mostly for commercials, but everything was legit stocked. Like it was a full store and wow. it was just like a, a moment in time though, because as the years went on, like the packages weren't updated. They didn't put new stuff out. So it was like, here's the Cheerios box. And it changed like 14 times over the years. I was like, it looked oh, really different. Yeah. The pharmacy was there. Like it was, it was always empty always empty but it, like occasionally you hear like a beep or something like a register would like reboot or something like that like you hear these weird mm-hmm. noises well one time we were we would use their warehouse in the fake store because it had a, a, a warehouse that wasn't used at all for when we had too much product in our stores so we would transfer it over get it into the other warehouse and just move it when we needed to like uh bulk pallets of like paper towel or toilet paper things of that nature okay. yeah. um soda if it was like a big promotion coming up um and a couple of times i had to go like while i was transporting stuff you had to go to the bathroom and it was weird because it was, again, set up like a store. It's so, like you had to go into the pharmacy area and there was the public restroom here that was never for the public. And it was just like because that area was just completely silent whenever you were there. It just had that creepy feeling because the lights were never fully on. It was kind of <sighs> like my room right now, as you can see. It's like lit like yeah. this. And it was just like this massive store that nobody's there. And just felt weird being in there because you're like, I don't belong in here. Or it looked like a, it felt like what would be like, a, you know, day one of like The Walking Dead. Like I nobody was just else saying. is still around. Nothing's been looted yet. And like, I'm here and something could pop out at any moment and uh i would typically also use that area to scare uh new hires frequently i'd have them help <laughs> me move stuff over and then i disappear so like you know where am i and then i pop out with something like ah! or use the intercom because they had a working intercom too it was like a fully functional like i could have opened that front door and like opened my own store like right out the back because everything was fully functional for some reason um <laughs> but yeah it was just weird so not it, it's not strange as in the sense of like boy i wish i didn't poop and josh's trunk of his car you know i have no sense yeah. like that unfortunately but i actually it wasn't me also how so how old were you i was oh this was uh or late teens early 20s okay i think i was 25 26 something like that when yeah. i was uh but i had a a friend quote unquote it was somebody that we did land parties with and they would constantly be uh messing with me and uh some other people but mostly me um and so i had this truck it was a dodge dakota and one night after i went to bed at home i woke up and my mom said my mom's like hey somebody pooped on your truck (laughs) like on the actual windshield and sure enough i go out there and there's this big nasty dump uh right on my windshield and i i i was really upset actually i was pretty pretty mad about it so what i did was i went and i grabbed a um plastic bag i put that on my hand grabbed the poop and then like you would like if you're picking up dog yeah, poop. dog poop yeah. Not, oh, it was nasty but i knew what i was going to do so i got it I get in my car and I drive the like two miles to where this person who did it lived. Cause somebody told me thinking, you know, like, Oh, that, that was so-and-so. Isn't that funny? I drove to his house, got in his car. It was unlocked. I threw it in the back seat, like oh, underneath God. his, his, uh, his um, driver's seat. And I left it there thinking he would get in his car <laughs> and see it. He didn't use his car that day. So he like, it sat in there for a good amount of time and he got inside and he's like, man, why does it smell like poop in here? And then connected it 
the dots there and he's like those those pretty good one like he really wasn't expecting me to do anything with that but i got I hope my it was a very warm summer day <laughs> I, it was it was during oh, i think it yes. was the summer because we didn't have school so uh yeah i got him back on that one and strangely enough i don't think they did anything else to me after that so well, luke is crazy that, that. <laughs> this dude's nuts he touched my poop one time <laughs> You're like not just one time <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> oh God! All right, and then uh, Jason asks, uh, "What is our favorite prime memory or event, Lucas?" Ooh, um, I one of my favorite memories is because it just made us laugh so much. Is when I thought that. Uh, I had like two headline mess ups, but one of them was where I thought the developer was, was like this weird name. And you're like, no, it's just read the whole sentence, idiot. I'm like, oh, oh, I feel so dumb. And then the other one was when I thought they were selling actual frying pans with pandas on them or whatever. (laughs) And you're like, well, it's an in-game item. That's why it's so cheap. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. That's right. And we we laughed so hard. Oh, it was, it was good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to pick like one, like you said, where it's like, but it, it's overall it's those things where we could just laugh at ourselves because we we took the role of, um, and this is gonna, you know, I'm gonna tie in Donnie's question because it's kind of the same answer for me here. Okay. Um, so so Donnie asks, um, there's been a lot of different phases of the PSVG show as the network molded and evolved over the years. Uh, what is it like to be the captain of that ship? And what was your favorite era show after the 250 plus episodes we did? Um, so, yeah, I think it, to tie in both these answers here, uh, for me, the, the favorite era of the show is definitely this, the prime era, if you will, um, mm-hmm. because it was at the point where this is going to sound totally wrong. Like I, I stopped trying <laughs> to be like, Hey, let's make a show about blank. Like you have mm-hmm. Nintendo shack. They're going to talk about Nintendo. You have PSXP. They're going to talk about Sony. Like they had all these different shows that were molded to be something very specific. And prime was kind of always the, well, we'll do whatever I want before you even came along. It was just kind of like, well, whatever I feel like talking about, that's what we're going to do. And you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you get repetitive and yeah, some people certainly didn't mind that. Like we never got people complaining, uh, that I know of, at least saying like, oh, man, you know, Kevin covered Nintendo Direct and I listened to Nintendo Shack and they covered it, too, because it's different perspectives. But I think mm-hmm. once you came aboard and we decided, like, let's just have fun with this. Let's talk about the stories nobody else is going to talk about, like frying pans and, you know, <laughs> poop. Uh, that's kind of what we do. And that that was a lot more fun. It took the stress off and it let us have those moments where we could just laugh about things. And yeah. that that honestly are some of my favorite you know, memories and doing this all and kind of makes me, you know, a little wishy-washy about like, oh man, this is, this is, you know, I don't want to say it's the end of it, but it's the end of it in this form, at least. Um, like we'll still have our jokes. Like we, by all means, like if you guys saw like our private messages after, you know, shows and, and what goes on off the air, like we don't stop. Like it just keeps going anyway, where we're yeah. having these, you know, conversations and, and jokes and we're, stuff going back. We're, and forth. we're stuck like this. So we yeah, can't stop it. <laughs> exactly. So it just worked. It made, it made things so much easier where it's like, okay, we could do the show and we're not trying to do a show. It just happens. Like the yeah. jokes there, we, we, you know, the start of the Spotify playlist, which yes, everybody will update and finalize and seal it in place uh, at the end of this show. Um, but yeah, it just, it just, it all happened. It was very organic it, without mm-hmm. us having to try. And that, that's, that's what it was. Um, as far as the different phases of PSVG, I know 
kind of like Lucas, you guessed it a few times on different shows, but you weren't really in it in it until this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's been through a lot and it's been a weird ride to be the helm of, of this specific show, even if it wasn't prime when it was just the PSVG show and then spinoffs mm-hmm. start happening. I've always been there and it literally wasn't by, you know, my choice. I was never like, Hey, I'm going to run this thing and this is how it's going to be. For those of you who haven't been with the network from the very beginning, you know, before we recorded episode one, it came down to Donnie just saying, Kevin, I think you should just host this. Now, none of us had ever talked before. We never, you know, I don't think we even had webcams going during the first couple of shows. So it was like, didn't even see Donnie, didn't even see Kyle. That's a, or, you know, that's tough. Yeah. So it, it's weird. And it's just kind of been something that I've enjoyed doing over the years. And that's why I'm not stopping. I just can't do it as much as I, I am now. Um, because it was something I always wanted to do before the opportunity even came up. Like, it's, so I always said, like, hey, I want to do podcasting. I've been a fan of, podcasting for a long time you know the early days of podcasting you know adam carolla uh kevin smith when they were starting things going and this is kind of the beginning of that medium into the mainstream i was listening to that stuff and i'm like i love this stuff uh Mm -hmm. even some npr stuff i found entertaining uh wait wait don't tell me things of that nature so i was like hey i want to do something like that and donnie gave me that push to do it so uh it's been great and i mean it's it's just been you know the people i've met and talked to uh you know justin you know warner uh Gary uh, Fox, David Fox, rather, um, you know, we, we talked to him, you know, Sean Baichu, like all these people, these are people I still talk to, which is weird because it, like never would I ever think that that would happen. And it's all because of this, um, you know, Pear Schneider, uh, Colin Moriarty, like all these different people I've gotten to talk to, which is just kind of like crazy when you're like, I'm a nobody. Uh, I just yeah. do this for fun and it's just kind of happened this way. And, you know, now I review games a lot and it's just like, man, you go back you know, six years, I was having to pay for every game I got. And now I, I'm fortunate enough to get some freebies thrown my way and get to do something because people actually either value or care about my opinion enough to do so. So I'm, I'm happy for that. But yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. But definitely my favorite memories, events and stuff was really just the f- cementing of what PSVG Prime was. And that's what I've enjoyed the most is this this time with you, Lucas. Oh, it really did come together there at the end, didn't it? Yep. I mean... Who doesn't want to hear us talk for five minutes about bananas? <laughs> I mean, people I'm keep st- sending those questions in, so somebody does. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it felt like a real natural fit. But I do want to say that um, as far as like me on the outside, basically watching PSVG kind of expand and yeah. and grow, I, I want to say, man, like kudos to, to one, having enough people – who jump on board and say, we've got enough to do like every uh, fan base out there, you know, Mm -hmm. Nintendo, we got it covered. Sony, we got it covered. Uh, Microsoft it's covered. That's awesome. Uh, And I think that's uh, nice for people who are in only one Yes, group or or multiple. I guess it doesn't really just, matter. But either don't way, don't care about certain ones too. Like I have an Xbox, I have exactly. a Switch. I don't really care about Sony. I have that option. You're right. That wasn't there early. You know. Yeah, and it. I mean, that's not easy either. Like I would not want to have to be on one of those shows every time because you've really got to be, or at least I feel like you have to be in the know. You really want to know. You can't just go on there and sort of just make jokes the whole time. People are yeah. expecting news and they're expecting your opinions on games that are on the system and that type of thing. And that's, that's a lot of work. So it yeah. says a lot that you guys have enough people who want to do that and are doing a really good job of doing that. So yeah. 
I agree. I agree. This wouldn't this wouldn't have happened if we didn't have that kind of uh, foundation where we got to just be like, hey, we're just going to do what we want and not have to have that stress. And nobody asks us our opinions on important things like, you know, what do you think about, you know, the next Mass Effect? Nope. We get where's the weirdest place you pooped. And we're proud of <laughs> yeah. that, folks. You know, we're just <laughs> sometimes I feel like I could just have literally almost any opinion and people would just be like, uh, th- that's just Lucas, man. Yep. That's just you just go with it. And that's OK. <laughs> and that's exactly. nice because yes. I'm sure I get myself verbally into hot water uh, on other shows, but you know, here it is. It's okay here. Cause we're, yes. we're the class clowns. It's true. It's true. Well, Lucas, it's been a week. Yeah. So one last time, let's check out the news of the week. I'm commander Shepard. And this is my favorite news outlet on the Citadel. <laughs> I will let you go first. Oh, baby. All right. Uh, let's talk about this little game called The Sinking City. Do you remember mm, this game? I do. Uh, for oh, whoops. For those of you that uh, don't know what's going on here, The Sinking City apparently has some drama surrounding it. More. Uh, <laughs> more drama. More drama. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Uh, I think I don't think I remember uh, the original story, but we may have talked about it. We've talked we about this before yeah. where games just kind of disappear off from steam or, or other storefronts and the sinking city is no different. Uh, but here's the thing. Developer Frogwares said on Twitter that the recently restored, then removed, then restored again version of the game on steam is not actually the one that they made. And because of that, they've warned that gamers should not buy it. Uh, So what happened going back? It was removed from most digital storefronts in 2020 following a dispute between Frogwares and publisher Nacon Mm -hmm. or Nacon, whatever, Nacon would. Frogwares claimed that Nacon Nacon failed to finance development as promised and failed to file accurate income reports, while Nacon said Frogwares was simply making wild claims in order to discredit the publisher in the eyes of the public. But then in January 2021, they ruled preliminarily in the matter, found that Frogwares had terminated its contract with Nacon in a manifestly unlawful manner and thus ordered its terms restored. The Sinking City was returned to Steam and other storefronts, but very shortly it disappeared again without explanation, although it remained on some other storefronts like Microsoft and Origin. Uh, Now, the Sinking City listing on Steam is different from the one that was removed. The old URL, so when you go to a steam it's it still has urls and stuff for the yeah. storefronts that's that's pretty much how it's all how it's all ran and works uh the old url for the game is no longer valid and while it's not immediately clear what the difference is steam users say in the mostly negative comments that it's actually an old version of the game without dlc huh. achievements or cloud saves so the assumption here is that the build was posted by Nacon, but it seems that Frogwares has some access to the Steam page as well. So two separate updates, both posted today, simultaneously trumpet the game's return to Steam <laughs> and warn fans against buying it. So, I, I mean, what a toxic working relationship between these two companies. Right. So it's you have so bizarre, yeah, like like. Uh... I, I dude, I don't know. It's so bizarre. 
and it's, it's like, pretty well, petty feeling from nakon's point of view anyway yeah and i mean we don't have updates like you know the frogware said it didn't create this version doesn't recommend the game to anyone to purchase it but they they said more news soon and they're not giving any other you know explanation but you know frogware accuses these companies of repeatedly breaching contract withholding at least one million in royalties falsely implying ownership of the ip and more that's right that's what it was i think we talked about before because they were being uh i remember the the million dollars in royalties like they weren't being paid for the game that they made i think uh, is what it was yeah. initially and that's where it started but yeah man that's bizarre but it, it's weird because it's like so this is you know not a huge story but it's a big story like there's lots of outlets reporting on this but it's like a you know GameSpot gave this game a three out of ten <laughs> before yeah and like metacritic has it as 71 ign 7.8 which is that's that's not bad but it's like it's not a game that's like it's not halo it's not far cry yeah, yeah it's this not is big, just going nuts one. it seems like all of these little games have these problems with this especially when it comes to the pc versions and steam and all these storefronts and stuff it's always like these battles about uh digital storefronts and stuff it's yeah it's so strange. And I feel like, you know, back when I first started gaming, when I was a wee, wee child, none of this ever came up. I'm sure it happened, no, but right. we didn't have people reporting on this type of thing. We never knew about this. But now you have to consider the ramifications of buying this game. And are you supporting Nacon accidentally and finding out that you bought the wrong version of the game? Like, this is messed up, man. Well, and I'm wondering, too. So, like, there's trailers now like i'm looking at right now for the ps5 version so is this still the old version of the game or not like i'm confused because it was a next-gen upgrade for ps5 oh so so if you bought it physically yeah what are you getting right i'm trying to see here i'm trying to see what the so it says frogware frogware ireland Nacom isn't mentioned mentioned at all in the trailer. So I wonder if it's only affecting the PC version. I don't know. Yeah. It only mentions mentions Frogware in the trailer on PS5. Leave it to Steam to have this type of problem where most of the other storefronts weren't affected. You know, like Sony and Microsoft, Mm. I feel like, wouldn't let two of the same game. You know what I mean? They would like figure it out and be like, hey, what is going on here? And then just pull it if it's going to be a legal problem. But <laughs> Steam is like the Wild West of storefronts, apparently. No wonder why people want to go to Epic Games yeah. and that type oh, of thing. Yeah, this was the other part, too. Yeah, they, they demanded that they be given the source code for the Sinking City despite their agreement saying they could only sell the game and they did not know, own the IP. That was the other thing. Frogware owned the IP. And the publishers were saying that they could sell only they, they wanted the source code because of this agreement. And like, you're just the publisher. You don't get the source code. Like we own it, not you. So yes. Yeah, mm. And then they stopped paying and them. Big, Big Ben and Nacon stopped providing payments for four months after Frogwares refused to give them the source code. Yikes. Weird. Just a bad situation all around. It is. It is. Um, let's see what do I got here. Let's let's go with this one. So Xbox is reportedly putting a Bethesda showcase next month in March. 
So this would be shortly after the Microsoft Bethesda acquisition is reviewed by uh, European regulators. That's like the last uh, hurdle they have to get across before making it official. Um, but it's been rumored, ironically enough, by uh, Donnie's good friend Jeff Grubb uh, has said over his on his podcast, I don't know if it'll be a full direct style event, but they'll make a note about it and they will talk about it extensively, explain what it means for everybody and talk about the immediate future of both companies becoming one. So expect that to happen sometime in mid-March. Uh, elsewhere, the journalist reveals that this is one of Microsoft's milestones before new information before E3 2021, which is currently slated to take place in digital capacity in June 2021. Um, obviously, it was you know canceled last year. We don't know if Microsoft and those other companies are going to participate in this new uh, E3 anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping to see basically uh, what's going to happen here. Uh, you know, are we imagine like first off, all the games are going to come to Game Pass? That makes sense. You know, they own it; they're going to do it. Um, most of Bethesda's games, not most, I shouldn't say, but a large portion of their more recent ones are already on Game Pass. So it's not like there'd be a huge uh, influx of massive amounts of games. Like when EA came on board and put EA Play on there, like that was a huge amount of games that hit the the you know Game Pass at once. That wouldn't happen here with Bethesda, but we'd probably hear something number one about uh, games that they potentially were working on because they've been Bethesda's been quiet. Um, mm-hmm. We know like Deathloop is coming, and that's a PS5 exclusive at least for now. Um, we know, yeah, they're working on Skyrim, but that's probably a ways out. We, you know, lots of rumors about Fallout 5 um, and Starfield and things like that. So we might hear things about that, or possibly a new uh, Wolfenstein. But I think what most people are looking for out of this announcement is, as they said, you know, what the immediate future of the companies are is are these games going to be exclusive to Microsoft or not? Are they going to be on multiple platforms or is Microsoft going to say, nope, they are Xbox properties, you know, and kind of keep it yeah. in house. So. Yeah. That'll, that'll be interesting to see because I mean, those have always come to multiple platforms from mm-hmm. Bethesda. So mm-hmm. it could just be PC yeah. and Xbox going forward. And, and it's not just Jeff Grubb saying this too. I want to, I want to say that like, there's been a lot of uh, people murmuring about it as well. Uh, it almost seems like there might be a, a, you know, NDA is already signed for this event where people seem to know something, but they can't talk about it yet. So mm. um, it seems like the answer should be coming um, soon. Um, the European regulators uh, would be doing their review on March 5th. Um, so shortly after that, basically, we know. I shouldn't say we know. I don't think anything's going to stop. Nothing's going to pop up and, and prevent Microsoft from acquiring Bethesda. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, shortly after that, we should hear about the event potentially because they've been able to talk about it too much. You know, Microsoft and Bethesda have been really quiet during this process. I think they're going to have to uh, legally, but yeah. Yeah. I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, Bethesda or Ubisoft? Ubisoft. Historically, I would say Bethesda, but okay. more recently, like over the last two or three years, Ubisoft all the way <laughs> for me. Like their games have been really good compared to the Bethesda stuff like Fallout 76 well, wasn't great, stuff like that. And I feel like Ubisoft has a more games like coming out more, yep. uh, you know, less spread out. I guess there's less time between. Um, I'd like to see Fallout Five be go back to its roots and actually yep. be a um, RPG isometric. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. That'd be that'd never be gonna cool. happen though. <laughs> no, no, not not with the way that Fallout sold since then. I just want them to go back to just making the narrative version and stop with this multiplayer stuff. Yes, yes. Um, speaking of that, multiplayer stuff mm. and big uh, companies, it, this hits close to home because second to Mass Effect comes Dragon Age sure. for me. Yep. Um, and this this came out a, a few days ago, but I, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Dragon 
age four will reportedly ditch life service features and be single player only. And for me, that is one. I actually, so this is how much I've been following this. I didn't even know they were planning that. And I see now that EA basically says every game that we have needs to be, has to have some live service element, apparently. Um, that That's a scary proposition because loot boxes and, <laughs> and well, that was, card packs. and That was 2019 they said that. Yeah, they said that. In 20, yeah. So I, I guess fairly recently then, but yeah, still. Yeah going forward please no please don't i mean if anybody's gonna do it ea should be the last person or company sorry to do it uh but anyways they decided to remove all multiplayer components from dragon h4 make it exclusively single player and do you know why they decided this in their ultimate wisdom no lucas why don't you tell me because they said hmm star wars jedi fallen order did really well but Anthem, we're just going to, they just abandoned that. So maybe games as a live service don't do so good. Mm. Well, so, I mean, some of them can do good, but theirs don't do good. <laughs> well, here's the thing I think you can make a game, a live service game from the beginning. But don't shoehorn it into something that's already. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, go ahead. I didn't know, like, like you had said. I don't know that they publicly announced that Dragon Age Four was gonna be a live service thing because we know very little about that. Like, we had that one. We had that one video they showed where everybody was like outside for some reason. They showed like concept art drawings. They showed nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that was public that they were doing that. I am very glad they're not going that way because that would have instantly been a well guess i'm not playing that one <laughs> like it, i wouldn't even yeah. have bothered with that um so it's really good news i just hope that they don't i mean ea is so weird because we know they're they're like the least popular um gaming studio like as far as like customers like people hate them like we just know they do, we do mm-hmm. um you're they're right in the aspect of like hey star wars did really good so this can happen I hope they're factoring the fact that it was Star Wars too, because that's a big like. Yeah, that the name brings on some. They made Battlefront two, and that was you know microtransaction heavy, loot box heavy, you know, to start with, and they took some of it out, but it wasn't anything near what people thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. and that still sold well. And so then Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order came out. That was a good game, you know. That's a good. I hope they just don't think instantly like, oh, well, everything's going to do as well as that because guess what? That's not going to happen as well. Like that's just not. Like let's face reality here. Um, right. You're not going to get that lightning in a bottle with every game you put out. You know, depending on what they put out, of course. But yeah, I think it's a good move for Dragon Age for sure. I just hope that they stop doing these broad statements because it can work. It just needs to be done the right way with the right property. Well, and I think it's just a a dumb vision to have because if you make every game a live service, you're asking people to choose and you're constantly expanding that choice. Like people can easily map out single player games and say, I'm going to play this in these two weeks and beat it or whatever. But when you have an open-ended live service game, people feel the need like destiny or something Mm -hmm. like that. They're going to keep coming back to it because that's the gameplay loop. And then if you release, you know, six games like that, you're forcing people to choose most people. Anyway, we, we have limited time here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm only going to play one of these games if they're all 
live service games that I have to sync hours into yep. in, in this multiplayer mode. So you can't play them yeah. all. So yeah, they're they're biting their own eating their own tail, if you will. Exactly. So I, I you know, like you said, even though we didn't know or perhaps didn't know, it, it's nice to know that they're keeping a keeping a single player game single player. Like, yeah. why is that sentence that I have to utter? Like. You know what? You don't you don't mess with success. Why would you change it? It's going to sell. Look at Madden. Stop it. They don't change that and it sells a gajillion. Why are you messing with everything else? <laughs> That's right. Every sports game is the same sports game since mm-hmm. 94 and yep. it never changed. And we're fine now. $60 roster updates. That's right. Um, speaking of roster updates. So Fortnite has been crossover like crazy. Um, you know, we've talked about a little bit like the Flash jumped in. Um, we had the Terminator and Predator earlier this this mm-hmm. this season, if you will. Um, the season's ending on March 16th, so anybody that didn't get all their Mandalorian gear better hurry up because it's going to end and move on. Um, but, you know, they added uh, Ripley and the Alien dropped in. Uh, Ryu and, and Chun-Li got added. I mean, they just keep doing these crazy things. But, Lucas, they did the Marvel crossover last season. Yeah. Now, coming up in April... Epic and DC have partnered up for a Batman Fortnite zero point mini series. So much like Ooh. Marvel, they're actually going to be putting out comics that makes Fortnite canon in their own universe. Oh, okay. Yep. So basically it's going to launch April 20th and will publish twice monthly beginning in May. Um, each print issue will also include bonus codes for in-game items inspired by the comic storyline. Means I'm gonna have to buy some comics, and also a new rebirth Harley Quinn outfit because why not? Readers who use all six codes will unlock a new armored Batman outfit in Fortnite. So the comics will be five bucks a piece. You can get the cardstock variant cover versions for six bucks each. They have like the art for the first ones. But basically, what happens is uh, within the Batman world, a crack splits open in the sky across Gotham City, pulling Batman as well as some of his rogues gallery into the Fortnite universe. Batman I hate tries when those to cracks f- open. It does, and that's that's how everybody's appearing in the game now in this season. Uh, Batman <laughs> tries to figure out what the heck is going on in Fortnite world and also try to get back to the real world, discovering new secrets about the game that have yet to been revealed even in our real world. So, oh. yeah, it's kind of crazy, but the Harley Quinn skin looks good. Uh, it's very Fortnite-esque, and it still fits the character, so that's fun. Um, but, yeah, we've had – I don't know if Bat- – yeah, Batman is a skin in Fortnite, I believe. They did Batman at one point. Uh, I have Harley Quinn now, um, not this costume, obviously. Uh, I have Joker, and I have Poison Ivy. I don't know if they've done anybody else. But they've already done some of the characters, so they're probably going to add in more there. But They should do Hush. He'd be a cool character. That'd be cool. That would be cool. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm probably going to end up having to check these out just because this is a neat little thing for me, and I'm going to want that that loot. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I the people who have to negotiate these these crossovers must really be getting paid well because they're they're working for their money. That's for sure. I don't know how. I would love to know how much Epic is paying for these properties, like because they did so much this season, like with with people all over the place, and you know other yeah. games, you know mm-hmm. GI Joe, like there's been all sorts of Predator, Aliens, you know Terminator, like how much money are they paying for this? They have a skin. Walking Dead was in there. I forgot that Michonne and, and um, Daryl Dixon were both characters this season too. Tron, oh, yeah. um, you know, then the Mandalorian, Star Wars stuff. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't know. It's crazy. 
It is. It really is. But good on them. I mean, it keeps them relevant to a certain degree. It, does. it makes it look like the game is updating. And, and <laughs> they, they again, a formula for success. Don't mess with it. So it's true. They're just going pedal to the metal. Fair enough. What else you got? All right, man. This is my this is my last ever <laughs> news article on the show. And this one is just pretty amazing. It's 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 a bit of a goof. It's not really news, but I just thought this was amazing. So uh, this came up on my, I think on my phone and I, I read it. Um, so this YouTuber has posted daily updates about Half-Life 3 for over three years. <laughs> daily updates. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. He said that, um, okay, so the YouTuber is Hazard Time is the name uh he only has like 125 viewers or something like that but he every day he he says you know like it's day whatever and there's still no half-life 3 news um and his his inspiration was basically horror movies and and like uh zombie movies where they'll always have somebody like filming themselves with a camera and they'll be like yeah. they'll do that where they're just like oh it's day 800 and the zombies are still here um but man like for three years dedicated to making a video every single day saying basically yep no half-life three news um is that's dedication man that's nuts i i've never been so dedicated to any game for three years let alone a game that never came out it's and true. probably will never come out. <laughs> so the 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 video that's put in this article, I just clicked on it to see him because they mentioned how he's a glum looking gentleman, and it mm-hmm. looks like the videos that terrorists make hostages film to, pay, oh, you're to right. people to send money. <laughs> like oh my god, which totally fits the vibe. But he's just like I could just see him. I'm not listening with any audio on, but it's just like I could just see him saying, yeah. you know, I am alive and well. I am being treated very well here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please send water. Oh god, that, that is such a long running joke. He did an April Fool's Day thing in 2019 where there was a different. He was inexplicably replaced by a different yeah. person for yes. eight days before he just came back. <laughs> With I don't oh. think he even like said anything about it. It just was like and a nope. back. Nope. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently he's trying to raise money to get a, a VR headset so he can experience Half Life Alex. <laughs> so. I don't know. He is a rather glum looking fellow. Well, because he's got no Half-Life 3 in his life. Come on. Yeah, I guess that's Come great. on, Valve. Just All right. Well, him. you keep you keep doing what you're doing, man. That's great. That's great. We love you. Um as a yawn, sorry. Uh I'm gonna add something here, the last story, and this has kind of been a running <laughs> gag for Lucas and I for a bit where we kind of get some weird uh unknown facts about different Pokemon, like the one that is the ghost oh, yeah. of dead children or something like that and yeah we've had all different weird things with with uh, pokemon but it's 20 it's pokemon's 25th birthday uh, that happened last week so we're going to talk about the most popular pokemon most famous one pikachu right yeah obviously we we love pikachu that little electric mouse you know started off in the series being really short and chubby and then kind of thinned out a little bit you know Uh, he's (laughs) the first pokemon you ever saw in anime that was the very first one that was shown um so we all know pikachu right inside and out he transcends well, Pokemon, really. I'm honestly, yeah. So let's pull out the random fact for Pikachu. Okay. So we know he's electric. We know he's a mouse type Pokemon. We know he's Ash's best friend. The whole night. We know all that stuff. Yeah. 
evolves into Raichu, Raichu, however you say it, whatever. But did you know, Lucas, the more sleep Pikachu gets, the more powerful it is? You know, I can't say that I did know that, but I can relate to that on a very personal and deep level. That's startlingly accurate. So I guess Pikachu is like a prematurely middle-aged man. Mm. It just, if it doesn't sleep enough, it's cranky. It doesn't want to fight anything else. It's not very effective at yeah. doing anything. Uh, probably he won't do anything until he has coffee. Right. You know? Probably has to get up a couple times in the middle of the night to pee. Uh, yeah. Or just wear a diaper. Ooh. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want to do. No shame. Uh, so does this mean if he slept like, okay, so if he hibernated like a bear. Oh my God. He would just be like, Giga Pikachu. It would just be the end of everything. Man. I mean, is Pikachu our spirit animal? I think you, I think you, he, she, it might it? be. Here's the thing though. Pokemon is such an open-ended thing that I feel like you could just keep adding this type of thing to whatever Pokemon you wanted to. And and we would just accept it. We'd be like, Oh, okay. That's how it is. Why would, why would I question? We're talking about an electric mouse here. Why would I question the fact that if it sleeps more, it's more powerful. Show me where that happens in the video games. You know, I'm calling, I'm calling that out a little bit here, but mm. You know, maybe maybe they they thought that would be too OP because the other creatures, they, you know, just sleep like normal. They don't get more powerful. That's true. And we're kind of just forgetting the whole spirit of Pokemon where it is, is you're just capturing wild animals. You're making them fight each other for sport. Yeah, that's always been kind of. Michael Vick got in a lot of trouble for that. But yet we celebrate 25 years of it happening to these innocent animals that are kept in these little balls, too. It's not even like. Yeah. You know, they don't get to live yeah. in a mansion. They don't even get a nice crate. You're in a They ball. can't even they don't even know how to talk. They can just say their name and that's it. It's like they're yeah. halfway there. Like we can just hear the misery in their voice as they say, Pikachu, you know, but they can't say, Help me, I'm being forced to battle <laughs> against ba- my will. They're basically sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> sloth love chunk. <laughs> they are. Oh boy! Hey, yeah. you guys, baby Ruth. Maybe, maybe inside that Pokeball, Pikachu is like day three hundred and sixty-seven, and I still haven't been saved. Still, Ash, Half Life Three news. Ash gets me out for every battle because he literally doesn't know how to use any other Pokemon. And the noob literally never wins a tournament. No, it's like, it's like dude, you've got. Year. You got so many hundreds of Pokemon and you keep choosing me. What is the deal? I'm not even involved. <laughs> I refuse to. <laughs> it's true. All right. What do we say? We let this thing go, Lucas. All right. Let it All go. Right. Let, let it go. go. All right. Where can people find you and connect with you now that they Ooh. can't connect here anymore, sir? That's true. I'm pulling the plug. Um, I am on Flux Deposed. You can listen to more hijinks there, of course. Come check it out. You know what? It's not a gaming podcast. If that's your thing, that's fine. But this is this is a slice of life podcast. We just talk about how miserable we are. Mm-hmm. It's like the first 
you know, 15 minutes of this podcast yeah. usually, yeah. but it goes on for like an hour. Uh, and then I, I'm thinking about possibly doing a, a movie related podcast with Josh, um, whether or not I'm on there frequently or just guest it remains to be seen. Uh, but, you know, I'm not disappearing. I'll still be in the discord. So just come come talk to me. Heavy metal riff. It's just that easy. Absolutely. And you can still find me at PSVG Kevin at all of the things. Uh, as I said, I will still be doing the DLC show for you Patreon supporters. Uh, and then I, I will occasionally also be participating in the Dollar Cinema. I think the name is going to stick there with Josh doing that with, like you said, you know, maybe rotating people, but doing the mm-hmm. movie podcast, if you will. Because, of course, as I said to Josh, uh, I, I need to do Fast 9 like that. I can't have somebody else cover that one. It needs to be Josh. Yeah, that's true. Not after all the work that you put in having to watch those. (laughs) It's like, you're right. Like you earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Lee said, he goes, uh, so do you still want to do this one? I'm like, yeah, I have to, like, I can't, can't, you can't go do that with somebody else unless you're going to re-record all of the, the fast and furious retrospective. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that's it, everybody. Um, I encourage you to still support the Patreon. PSVG has stuff for everybody, of course. Uh, definitely, as Lucas said, check out Fluxabose. It's, you know, very similar to... I shouldn't say very similar to what Prime was. Prime was very similar to what Fluxabose is. Uh, just, you know, some gaming focus there. Uh, but other than that, there's still poop talk and uh, banana sandwiches and, and all that kind of stuff is, is there mm-hmm. uh, as well. So mm-hmm. please go so check true. them out and support them as well. Um, and you might remember uh, former Nintendo Shack veteran Jason is on there as well, of course, if you don't listen already. But uh, yeah, that's it, everybody. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening yes, over the past five years. Uh, I'd appreciate it uh, very much. It's meant a lot to me and, and Lucas, of course, and it's given us uh, very many opportunities that we wouldn't normally have really expected to have come across our way. So thank you very that's much. It, it is not goodbye. It's uh, so long, I guess, or see you later if you will. Off for now. Yeah. But most importantly, as always, we ask that you never stop gaming. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.